0: People with your host Dennis Beard. What is it going to take to enter the kingdom of heaven? Now we know that many will be in the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, and yet will not be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We'll discover why. In Matthew 5, 6, and 7, it's the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, it's the bylaw. Exactly what it takes in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest sermon ever preached, a sermon on the Mount, by any preacher ever, was done by the Lord himself. As we look at Matthew five, six, and seven, many call it the Beatitudes, and what is essential. We're going to note that Anyone that has Christ in you, the hope of glory, baptism in the Holy Ghost, is in the kingdom of God. The mystery of the kingdom of godliness, the kingdom of God, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Godliness is the God life. However, to make the kingdom of heaven, it's still the same kingdom, just in a higher glory. You'll see that there is nothing that the Lord puts in the kingdom of heaven, in the bylaws of the Constitution, referring to repentance, referring to baptism, even though these are essential for salvation, being born of the water and the spirit, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ after repentance, for the remission of your sins and receiving the Holy Ghost. But as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As we take a look at Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and here we have the Beatitudes. There will be eight of these, and eight, of course, is the number of new beginnings. Seven, the number of perfection. And eight onward, from the eighth day and forward, I will receive you in the Ezekiel temple in the millennial reign. That eight is the number of new beginnings, the in the Gematria of the name Jesus in Greek, as a Gematria of 888. We find that in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit are the ones that uh, are seeking the word of God. They're not self-righteous. They're the ones that are uh, hungering and thirst after righteousness. There, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And uh, the mourning, mourning uh, there will be comforted with the balm of Gilead. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not weak, but meek. Notice that each of these have nothing to do with being born again. It has nothing to do with being just little children, because the children of the kingdom will be cast out. We're talking about coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ into a perfect man. That is... uh, Unto perfection. These are the ones that are made partakers of God's divine nature through obedience to the commandments of God. These exceedingly and great precious promises given to us that we might escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of His divine nature. And these are the ones that not only have overcome, but are holy even as he is holy. No one that has not attained to this, this standard of holiness, this divine nature of God, will not make the kingdom of heaven. He goes on and says, what are the things you can expect to make the kingdom of heaven? Well, you must be born in spirit. You must diligently be seeking the Lord your God, always pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You're always uh, crying out for the sins and abominations done, not only in uh, Israel, but also the church, Ezekiel 9. They mourn. They mourn, call for the mourning women. These were the ones that will be comforted. The meek. Moses was the meekest man in the earth. Yet he stood for God, letting us know that meekness is not weakness. That is broken, humble, and contrite spirit. Those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Notice it says, blessed are they which Not hunger and thirst after righteousness, but do hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's something that we do in our volition, in our will. Do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. Righteousness is the revelation of Jesus and who he is. That he is all that God is. He is the Father. He is that Spirit. He said, You've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is the Word. He's the Word made flesh. He is the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus said, While I'm in the world, I'm with you, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And his glorification, the Lord now is that Spirit. That man that died on the cross has been made. A quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Take how you hear, take heed how you hear. The same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. If you want mercy, show yourself merciful. If you want friends, show yourself friendly. There, the ones that are merciful will obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. These are the ones that added to their faith virtue. They're the virtuous women. They are the wise virgins. They have oil in their lamp. All are virgins. There's 10 virgins, five wise, five foolish. The five wise have oil in their lamp. The word of God in truth. But the five foolish, they have oil in the lamp, but just not enough. They haven't gone pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. They're satisfied for a lesser glory, not coming to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God and the peacemakers. There's not just where you compromise the word to make peace, but you stand for the word of God. there to be at peace with the Lord, to be at one with the Lord God Almighty in doing his will. And blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're not suffering persecution, the way of the cross, then there's no way a person will enter the kingdom of heaven. And they are persecuted for righteousness' sake, not for being an evildoer, but for the word of God. And that righteousness is the one God, Jesus' name, gospel. The greatest commandment in the word of God, when they ask, describe, the ask Jesus, what's the first commandment of all? What's the dominant commandment? Mark 12, 29. Jesus stated, hear, O Israel, The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and might. The second is likened to it. Love your neighbors yourself. For all this, hang these two commandments. Hang all the law and the prophets. When you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, then you know that the kingdom of heaven is yours. Blessed are you, When men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now, there's a lot of naysayers. They are backseat drivers. They don't do anything for the kingdom of God. They're always judgmental. They do not care of how they hear. They're always judging the law, judging at every avenue And everything you do, judge nothing before the time. For he that judges is a judge of the law, is not a doer of the law. And we're talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Those that walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he said, blessed are you when they revile you. Speak all manner of evil against you. If you live godly in Christ Jesus, you will be evil spoken of. Jesus said, if they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his house Beelzebub? He also warned in John 16 Behold, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. The time comes uh, that they will deliver you up out of their synagogues out of their churches. Yea, the time that cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. This will they do unto you, the real believer, the true believer, because they have not known the Father, nor me. They do not know that Jesus is the Father. They do not have the doctrine of Christ, therefore they are an antichrist. So to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must have uh, that revelation of Christ, the rock, upon which the whole church is founded. Upon this rock, I'll build my church at gates of hell. Should not prevail against it. Said unto Peter, when asked, who do men say that I the son of man am? Some say you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Jesus asked his disciples, but who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. That's the foundation. Christ is every office of the Spirit of God, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, the Son of Man, Son of God, Jehovah and all of His titles, and Elohim and El Shaddai. Christ is all and in all. Christ is that Spirit. We see that in First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. All the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto us searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that spirit. When you have the revelation of the true Christ, not something in lieu of Christ, you will know that he is the Father of glory. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. That's the invisible spirit of God. But when it's made visible, manifest in the flesh, God was manifest in the flesh. That's a mystery of godliness. That's a mystery of the godlike, 1 Timothy 3.16. Without the revelation of Christ, the foundation of the church, it is impossible to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11, in Peter's epistle, he says that the Old Testament prophets, every one from Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi, all prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. They didn't prophesy. They were moved on by the Spirit of God, which is Christ. Christ is the Spirit. But it goes on and says, when it spoke beforehand, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So it behooved Christ to suffer, God himself, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Christ is that spirit that took on a body of flesh and blood, one in the self, same spirit. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the Father revealed. That's the doctrine of Christ. We must have that, and that is righteousness. And you have obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. When in Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey, whether of obedience unto righteousness, which will then yield the peaceful fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, or in disobedience, in iniquity, not following the leading of the Holy Ghost in obedience, it will be a sin unto death. The choice is ours. So those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. The kingdom of heaven is and will always be through the cross. The government rests upon Jesus' shoulder, singular shoulder. You see that in Isaiah 9, 5. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his Shoulder, singular. The only thing that rested upon Jesus' shoulder was the cross. But now we have a crossless Christianity that you do not have to sanctify yourself wholly, both spirit, soul, and body. Jesus has perfected forever them by one offering, them that are sanctified. We must sanctify ourselves wholly, both spirit, soul, and body and be ye holy, even as our Father in heaven is holy, the Lord Jesus Christ, because God is holy. That's his divine nature. So the kingdom of heaven is only for those that can enter in through holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. It's God's own divine nature, and it is uh, obtained through obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6, there when we obey the kingdom of God, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory, it will elevate us to where we can enter the kingdom of heaven, which says nothing of repentance, nothing of uh, uh, being baptized. It has to do with the character. It has to do with the nature that the body of Christ must obtain through faith. It's a righteousness of God by faith unto perfection. And he goes on and says, this is what you will see. on will know by the fruits. These are the fruits and the beatitudes of the ones that will be able to enter in the kingdom of heaven. And as we look at it, he says, when you are reviled, When they speak evil of you, all manner of evil against you for the name of Jesus, he says, rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you, they do not reach the level of charity, the bond or guarantee of perfectness. When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child. Those are born again, babies and little children in the kingdom of God. But they will not make the kingdom of heaven and be able to enter in except through obedience unto righteousness and holiness. And that is partaker of his divine nature through obedience to the commandments of God through these exceedingly great and precious promises. And we are admonished of Paul in Hebrews 4. Take heed lest a singular promise slip any of you that you s- seem to come short of entering into his rest. For if Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God and that hear means to not just fall upon the ears but to hear and obey, will, those are the ones that will be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. They will be purged from their sin, growing up into him in all things, not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, growing up into Jesus in all things. Those things are the things of faith. That's the reason Jesus said when he was headed to the cross, to his disciples, I have many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. Alluding to, there's more truth to come. He will die on the cross. He will be buried. And through the Spirit of God, raised from the dead, being declared the Son of God. Romans 1, 3 and 4. Declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Nothing worthy of death in him. The perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God, the only gospel, good news of anyone that's ever raised from the dead is Jesus Christ. Because he is the resurrection. He is the life. And those that believe in him shall never die. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. The second death are the ones that are cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna, where the worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched. He didn't say he wouldn't die in the flesh, but you won't be heard of the second death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He goes on and says, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Every sacrifice in the Old Testament was seasoned with salt. That's a preservation and it is therefore good for nothing if it's lost its savor, which is Christ in you, but to be cast down, to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that's set upon a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. Well, what's the candle of the Lord is the spirit of man. But on a candlestick, there's your church. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have to have good works. Yes. We find it in the book of the Revelation also. Right. Blessed are they that die. And thus saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Anyone that says that you don't have and do not need works that accompany salvation is a lie. Faith without works is dead being alone. And it's through these good works that they may see and glorify your father, which is in heaven. In the book of the Revelation, We are told in every church, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, I know thy works. In Sardis, he said, I have not found them perfect. Ephesus, repent and do your first works over. Why, you've left your first love. If you don't do these works over, your first works over, I'll come and remove the candlestick out of its place you will lose what light you have. That's the reason Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear, but the same measure you meet with all will be measured to you again. That's the word of God. But not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. To him that hath shall be given, and he'll have the more. But him that hath not refuses to go on in the Lord, from glory to glory into the measure of the statue of Jesus shall be taken away even that which he has. In other words, with Jesus, it's all or nothing. You gather or scatter. You are for or against. You either obey God or you don't. And they will see your good works and see the fruit of the Spirit, and you'll know them by the fruit. By that light that you give out of Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says here that they may see your good works. Glorify your Father, which is in heaven. That's your light. The light is obedience to the word of God. It's obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Follow peace with all men. And holiness, Paul said in the book of Hebrews, without which no man shall see the Lord. Be ye holy, for I am holy. We're going to see that Jesus is going to, in this dialogue, in his sermon, is going to tell us that holiness is required. Be ye holy, for God is holy. It's a commandment, not a suggestion. It's a commandment. You must, and I must, come to, in obedience unto righteousness, being a partaker of God's divine nature. Otherwise, we will not be able to enter in, even though we've been in the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're born again of the water and the Spirit. We're babes. Well, now we've got to grow. As the newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, they may grow thereby. Growth is imperative, essential. Required. It is necessary. But then you go to little children. I write into you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And you've known the father. You know that Jesus is the father. Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. Because he is the father revealed. He is the image of the invisible God. Jesus said, you've seen me. You've seen the father. He is that spirit. Spirit manifest, the Father of glory. The Son of God is the Father revealed. He states it in John 10, 30, John 8, 24. He is the only true God in eternal life. Now, does that mean that many think they will enter heaven and not make it? That's exactly what it means. And he's going to tell us that in this Sermon on the Mount. He has given us the constitution of the kingdom of heaven and the nature that it takes to enter in only through obedience under righteousness unto holiness. He says, think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. He's fulfilling all the law and the prophets. i am got come to destroy, but to fulfill everything written. For verily i say seen to you till heaven and earth pass one jot, our one tittle shall not in any wise pass from the law until all be fulfilled. And we still have a third of prophecy, still yet, to be fulfilled. And every bit, every jot, and every tittle will be fulfilled, already paid for and the price completely paid in full by Jesus on the cross. And it is finished. You're complete in him in our Lord Jesus Christ, and you have need. Of nothing else. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so that they can do that, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. What is he saying there? Four commandments to God, six to your brethren, ten commandments in the Decalogue, Exodus 20. That that are the natural law that Jesus took to a spiritual level. Now, not just he that committeth adultery, let him die the death, but the laws of the law saved the death. But Jesus stated and said, now in the spiritual law of life, for a man to look on a woman, to lust after her in his heart, in that spirit, In a human spirit that he has, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So it is, uh, requires us to be led of the spirit of God in all obedience and in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. For if we do not these things, then we will hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He says, therefore, I say to you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. You shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. What's he talking about there? Well, Israel had a zeal, but not according to wisdom. Went about trying to establish their own righteousness in the law, of the law. And by the works of the law, no flesh shall be saved. But what works? Well, obedience unto righteousness. Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things, do count of done, that I might win Christ and be found not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, which is what the Pharisees and Sadducees did. Not the righteousness of the law, not my own righteousness. And I'd say, well, I did this and I did that on our own merit, but the righteousness of God by faith. And that faith is what grace reigns through. Grace reigns through righteousness, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was manifest in the flesh, justifying the spirit. Seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, received up in the glory, believed on in the world. That's the Lord has already done the work. The power of God and salvation is given to us freely, but we must obey. We cannot go your own way, do your own thing, and live for money of the world and expect to enter the kingdom of heaven. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But we're told in this prosperity gospel that you can have the world in Jesus too. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's what John said in his epistle. He said, for all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, that lust of the flesh, that lust must be crucified. The world passes away with the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth the will of God, not be an of the word, but a doer. He that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. We must obey. We have a gospel being taught today that there is no such thing that you have to obey the commandments of God. There's another commandment I give you. You love one another, even as I've loved you. We must have that love. And he's going to state that in the Sermon on the Mount in the nature that we must have in order to enter in. He goes on, this righteousness is of God himself, the righteousness of God. And how do do we get it? By faith in obedience. And anyone that says that you can live anyway and make the kingdom of heaven is a liar. You must do the will of God. And we see he goes on and elaborates. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill. And whoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. Now, that's a little murder, killing. But watch what Jesus said about the words out of your mouth. Notice the nature here. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Being angry without a cause? That can cost us the kingdom of heaven. Yes, Jesus just stated it. And whoever shall say to his brother, Rekha shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. So we need to watch, keep our conversation pure and not speak evil against the brethren. Some sleep. Some are sick, not discerning the Lord's body. It is a very serious thing. They call your brother a fool. Said you're in danger of hell fire. Somebody said, well, I'm once saved, always saved. Well, that's not what Jesus said here. We must be obedient. We must have this nature of God in order to make the kingdom of heaven. Somebody said, "Well, that's almost impossible." No, it's not. He's given us His Spirit to do it. Now, if He just said, "Do it in the flesh," it'd be impossible. It's impossible with man, but all things are possible with God when He gives us His Spirit. That He is already overcome, sealing His testimony with His own blood, dying on the cross of Calvary, and being our perpetuation, dying in our stead, then giveth giving us of His Spirit. That's greater than anything in this world, than any spirit. Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. So there's no excuse for not obeying the spirit of God, which is holy. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Spirit of God. Somebody said, well, you call it the Holy Ghost, because the ghost is the spirit of a person. It was the spirit of God, as always. Jesus has always been the spirit of God. But when he took on a body of flesh and blood, now that spirit has blood. Now all life is in the Son of God, which is the light of the world. And the life is the light, which he shed his life's blood on Calvary for us in our stead, for our propitiation. And by doing so, Then sent forth his Spirit, the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of the Son of God, into our hearts, whereby we cry, have a Father. Because the Spirit of the Son the Spirit of the Father is one and the same. It's Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is the Father in you. So there's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, the Father of us all and in us all. That spirit is Christ, the Father of glory, the mystery of God and the Father of Christ is Christ is that spirit manifest bodily in the days of his flesh, Colossians 2, 9. There's no other way to of the kingdom of heaven except through a holy divine nature, the same nature as the Lord God himself revealed to us and given to us of his spirit to get us there. Nothing of our own works. Nothing of our own merit. Not of works lest any man should boast. Because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's not general faith. That faith is. It's dealt to every man the measure of faith to profit with all. To one, the gift of uh, uh, the word of wisdom. Another one, the word of knowledge. Faith, etc. Are all apostles, are all prophets? Do all have the gift of miracles? But God has set it forth in his body for his own will, for his purpose. So the, I can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. For God has bestowed the more abundant honor on the less comely parts, that there'd be no chism or division in the body. We all need each other and God is no respecter of persons. Take heed how we hear and how you deal with the members in the body of Christ. Those that think they can rail on the body of Christ and make the kingdom of heaven are sadly mistaken, a mistaken identity as a child of God. He goes on and says that therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there rememberest that your brother has aught against you. Leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to your brother. How goodly, goodly it is for the brethren to dwell together. One man, one accord. He that soweth discord among the brethren is an abomination to God. And then come and offer your gift. Why? Because he called us to be at peace one with another. For the bones to be joined together at the joint of whatever joint supplies to thatifying of itself in love. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, leave that gift at the altar, go your way, be reconciled. Then he says, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly. Will that be someone that I have ought against? Agree with the adversary quickly? Yes, because we've all fell short of the glory of God. And you which are spiritual, restore those uh, that are weak in the spirit of meekness. Those meek are the ones who will inherit the earth. They will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Considering yourself also, why? Lest you also be tempted. Therefore, we want to show mercy to obtain mercy. That is God's nature. He is love. And then he says, "Agree with your adversary quickly when you're in the way with him. Listen. Any time the adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison." He said, "Verily I say unto you, you shall by no means come out thence, out of that prison, till you have paid the uttermost farthing." In other words, don't go anything on your own merit. Let give way to vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Judge nothing before the time. Because when you do, you judge another according to the law. You are not a a doer of the law, but a judge. And thou that judgest another, doest thou the same things. So if you judge another, then you will be brought before the judge. That's what he's saying here. Rely on the Lord Jesus. Do as he commands. Love one another. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Do good for them that hate you. Love your neighbors yourself. And then you will be showing the nature of God. You can only do that through the love of God, through the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of a person. The blood, Acts twenty twenty eight. take heed to yourselves and over all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost, he could have said Holy Spirit, but why ghost? Because it denotes the blood. When this Holy Spirit of God took on a body of flesh and blood, God then took on a permanent abode in a body of flesh. And from then on, that ghost Depicts the blood of that sanctified person, the word made flesh. So we call it the Holy Ghost. Take heed to yourselves over all the flock, over all the flock with which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he, God himself, had purchased with his own blood. Why? Refers to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. But when you say Holy Ghost, it denotes the blood. The name Jesus, when you speak that name, it's the only revealed blood name of God Almighty. Jehovah, that won't do it. Word, won't do it. When you say the name Jesus, when you intend to speak this man's name, Jesus, and preach in his name, you do intend to bring his blood upon us. That's Holy Ghost. It denotes the blood. That's the reason why a believer that has sought God. Well, when he refers to the Lord Jesus, will call him the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's the spirit of a person denoting the blood, and that shed upon Calvary for you. There, he said, uh, agree with that, adversary Quickly, don't lean on to your own merit and think you're justified by you and your reputation lean wholly upon the Lord. You have heard that it was said to them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now remember a while ago he said, you kill, you murder, then you die the death. But then he said, you call your brother Rekha, you're You're in in, uh, 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 danger of the council. If you say thou fool to your brother, you're in danger of hell fire. Well, look how much the holiness required in the divine nature of God than rather keeping a natural law of Moses. It's much higher, but there's glory in it. By crucifying the flesh with the affection and the lust, you'll be partakers of his divine nature. If you are partaker of the sufferings, 2 Corinthians 1, You will also be a what? Partaker of the consolation. The glory of God manifest to you. Or think it not strange to pray trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Why? So you can be a partaker of his divine nature. And what? The glory of God resteth upon you. Well, that's wonderful. Your light affliction, which is only but for a moment, suffering for Christ, what does it do for you? Well, it ministers to us. It gives us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For we which live are always delivered into death. That's the body of Christ. Why? That the life of the Lord Jesus will be made manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered to death. That's the cross. That's a true Christian. Not a money gospel. That's a true Christian. Those are the only ones that'll be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. I didn't say kingdom of God. I said kingdom of heaven. If you seek God, and you seek God with all your heart, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. And that, before you've even been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ with the water. We have that with Cornelius in the 10th chapter of Acts. Because his alms, he came up before God, built son of God as a memorial for the Lord, and he, uh, he is told to call for Peter. Peter comes down to the house of Cornelius, Of the Italian band a Gentile not a Jew but a Gentile and then as Peter says I perceive God's not a respecter of persons he's preaching and as he does the Holy Ghost falls on them they hadn't been baptized yet but the Holy Ghost falls how did he how did Peter know that they had the Holy Ghost for he heard them speak of other tongues and said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, we certainly, led of the Holy Ghost, they are newborn babes, but their babies are not the ones entering here. got to be full grown. Not little children, are going to be able to enter in. Then we're going to see that in Matthew 7 when he says, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Those are little children. They've known the Father. But he says, only those that have done the will of God, done the will of God, overcome in all things, and holy even as God is holy. So it is uh, those that are holy through the Holy Ghost, through obedience that gets us there, not of any of our works, not of any of our merit, but simply through obedience. Jesus, in this sermon, speaks exactly what it's going to take in that nature to receive it. He said, you've heard of old time that you shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Well, that's certainly tighter than the natural law of Moses. And if I write, I offend thee, pluck it out. Oh, somebody said, how dreadful. Pluck out your eye? Well, if you can't get control over it, you're better off. To pluck at your eyes, then, uh, uh, then go into hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, as a trespasser. Hell was never prepared for you as a believer, or for any man. But hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. If we go there, we go there as a trespasser, trespassing on where we should not be. We get there through disobedience to the Lord God Almighty and not doing his will. He said, if you have any cast it out. Pluck it out. It's profitable for you that one of your members should perish and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if your right hand offends you, cut it off. Cast it from you. For it's profitable profitable for you that one of your members should perish and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, notice Jesus is giving the commandments now. And he that loveth God keepeth his commandments, not Moses, but The Lord Jesus, his commandments. Why? Because he's after the order of Melchizedek. All the law and the prophets, they would say, thus saith the Lord. But when Jesus is baptized of John and Jordan and he comes into the order of Melchizedek, now he says, but I say unto you, not thus saith the Lord, I say to you, why? Because he is the Lord. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorced, committeth adultery. Now, that's the law. That's the law, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 7, the grace that he's called us into peace and certain areas there that he said, I'm not speaking according to the commandment, this is the commandment, but according to the grace that God has given to me. I speak this by permission, but not by commandment. Well, he said again, you have heard that it's been said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shall perform unto the Lord thine oath. But I say to you, swear not at all, Neither by heaven, for it's God's throne. Neither by earth, for it is his footstool. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than this cometh of evil. You don't have to make commentary, justifying yourself. It's either yay or nay, for or against, gather or scatter. It's just that simple. There's no gray areas here. There's no gray area. Well, because of this and because of that, you couldn't live this lifestyle because mama was a, uh, a drunk and daddy was on drugs or whatever the case might be. There's no, there, when you are delivered, and God gives you his blessed Holy Spirit, the power of God unto salvation. The power's there. All we have to do is obey it. And the Lord leads, we follow. So it's not of anything more than yay, yay, nay, and nay. Let your yay be yay. Let your nay be nay. If God if God says don't do it, it's nay. If he said do it, it's yay. What's overcoming more than this? Don't try to to justify it because it cometh of evil. And he goes on and says that neither nor by earth, therefore the swearing by the earth or heaven. Then he goes, you have heard it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. They say, you do this, it costs an eye, we're going to take an eye from you. But I say unto you, it's not a direct recompense that you resist not evil. Now, this is where you've got to have, and I've got to have the Spirit of God because it's automatically seems what's right's right and wrong's wrong, an eye for an eye, two for a two. But Jesus said, I say unto you, this is the love of God that passes all understanding, that can only be obtained through obedience all the Holy Ghost. Through him, him alone. Because we want retribution. We want recompense. And rightly so. And God will, in his righteous judgment, render every man according to his works. But he says, But I say to you, that you resist not the evil. You resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Why? You're given way to judgment and vengeance of God. You're bought with a price. Let God judge it, and he will. And if any man will sue you at the law and take away your coat, let him have your cloak also. You're going to take away your coat. Give him your overcoat too. Let him have both of it. Because by doing so, you're showing the love of God and giving way to judgment. Somebody comes against you, rails against you, Speaks lies against you. Well, resist not the evil. you just simply say, God, this is spoken. We're living for you. You judge it. And he will. But we want to strike back. You told a lie. We want to tell why you told a lie. No, let God have it. You don't have a reputation. You're bought with a price. Your life now is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And for what you live is your light, and that light is to shine, for the works that they see, under righteousness, under holiness, and glorifying your Lord Jesus in heaven. We don't have the right; it's His. He bought us, and this is His, His constitution, His bylaws, His for the kingdom of heaven. It's His divine nature. He wants us to be like Him. And he gives us his, his spirit, the Holy Ghost, to be like him in all things. Who is, whoever shall compel you to go a mile, go with them two miles. They want one mile, go with them two. Give to him that asks you. And from him that would borrow of you, turn not away. Oh, my goodness. Does that mean I just anybody asks me I've got to give away? Well, if you have... This worldly goods and save your brother, in need, shutteth up your bowels of compassion. How dwelleth the love of God in you? Always be willing to communicate, and God will bless you. You have heard that it has been said, "Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate your enemy." Jesus said, "But I say unto you, love your enemies." Now you've got to have the spirit of God, and not just a phileo, a brotherly love, but a got that you've got to have God's love. The love of God that passes all understanding for that to happen. For you to be a living epistle, for Christ to be manifest in you. He said, Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. They persecute you, and you're to pray for them? Yes. By doing so, you heap coals of fire upon the head, that you may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise upon the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Where I show the love of God. For if you have, if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute Only your brethren. What do you more than them? (laughs) Do not even the publicans, the sinners, do that? Be you, that here is the, the bottom line. Matthew 5, verse 48. It's hard for some to think and say this is true. Be you, therefore, perfect even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Now, this is Jesus in the days of his flesh, emptied out of glory, made of no reputation to be one of us. He's doing it as one of us to give us the power of God, his spirit to overcome just as he did. He gave a five-fold ministry. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. It's not a suggestion here. It is a commandment. Be ye therefore perfect, not something less than that, unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, the perfect nature of Jesus. Through this exceedingly great and precious promise is given to us, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made protectors of his divine nature. This is all about the nature that we must have as a body of Christ to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then we go on to chapter 6. Jesus still preaching. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward. What? Don't. Make long prayers and do your alms deed. Look, I gave you this and make a show of it because you've lost your reward. Therefore, when you do this your alms, your offerings, do not sound a trumpet before you. Look, here's my offering. I'm giving a hundred dollars. I'm giving a thousand dollars. I'm giving a hundred thousand dollars. I'm giving a plane, train, or an automobile to the ministry. No. When you give your alms, your offerings, don't sound a trumpet. Don't make a voice uh, of it. Look at me. And very, very important. Do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Why? And in the streets that they may have glory of men. They look at that, what he did. They're not glorifying the Lord. They're glorifying themselves. Verily really, I say unto you, they have their reward. They're not going to have anything other than what they just did. Their own self-gratification. Paul said, those that want to have you circumcised, they're not doing it because of this is required of God. Circumcision availeth in nothing. Uncircumcision availeth in nothing, but only faith in, in the Lord, only faith in God. Why do they do it then? that they may glory in your flesh lest they should suffer persecution for the cause of Christ. They want to glory in you. Don't do this and you don't do it. And they say, look at there. They're doing it because I said so. And we have to be very careful there of putting yokes upon the body of Christ. Thou shalt not do this, shalt not do that. We don't drink coffee. We don't, we don't, uh, uh, given a, of, a list of do's and don'ts, and, uh, and and if you do this, you're fine. If you don't, you can't be a member of our church. When you do that, which has a show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh, but it's not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It is a show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh, but that is a personal consecration and dedication to God himself, not to be seen of others. Well, in this church, we don't do this. And you can't do it either. What? You can't drink coffee, you can't drink a Coke. Uh, You can't, uh, your women's dress has to be only four inches from the floor. You can only have a quarter inch heel. Friend, we've seen it all. And it becomes a list that only God himself could possibly do and it focuses on the flesh rather than on the spirit of god and thereby because it focuses on the flesh the flesh will fail and many have been hurt by that and have left church a local assembly simply because of them glorifying in a believer's flesh because they demanded something had to be done, a certain way of clothing, a certain height, length of the dress, a certain heel on a woman, a certain of this, of that, of what a ring, no ring, a wedding ring you can't wear, all of these issues of do's and don'ts. And Paul goes on and says that blessed is a man that does, that does not condemn himself in the thing which he allows. But if you see your weak brother. And you're going to eat flesh, which means nothing offered to idols or walk for the idols with nothing. But he said, I will not eat flesh, not for my own sake, but for my brother's sake, my weak brother's sake. So why should I sin against him for whom Christ died? So we are to walk in the spirit of Jesus Christ in a broken, humble and contrite, preferring our brothers above ourselves, condescending men of low estate. And when you do that, bearing one another's burdens, you will so fulfill the law of Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In other words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Very simple. But when you do your alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and the Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward you openly. So in other words... uh, It's not for self-gratification or your own ego full of self-esteem. You're doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. And when thou prayest, when you pray, thou shall not be as the hypocrites do. What do they do? They love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Long prayers saying those $25 words that, oh, man, what an eloquent man, what a beautiful prayer to be seen of man. That's not moving, God. It's self-gratification. Are you glorifying the Lord? Or are you glorifying yourself? And that's what Jesus is focusing on here. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when thou has shut the door, pray to your Father which is in secret, and your Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. There's rewards there, simply for prayer. <laughs> Every promise of God has a reward by simply obedience. Every one, over 3,000 promises, 3,000 promises, each one has a reward, simply through obedience. How can you go wrong? Hmm. He says, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions over and over, like God can't hear you. As the heathen do, they beat upon themselves, crying their own over and over, repetitious over and over again. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. God's not deaf. He hears our prayers and supplications. Our request being made known unto God, knowing what we ask for before we ask it, but we will be sought for. Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you even ask Him. After this manner, therefore, pray you. Now, some and I also pray this prayer every day, first thing getting up. That's after this manner, we, we, we realize that. But it also covers that God uses men here in the earth and women for his glory. God gave dominion to man and therefore expects man to use it for his honor, for the Lord's honor, for his glory. So he says, this is the manner that you should pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That name is Jesus. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth, even as it is in heaven. It will be done. God will take Mazaroth and put its ordinances of all the work of God in the earth and the will of God be done here. The Lord will reign and rule in his kingdom, and he alone will build it. Give us this day our daily bread. Of course, that's that manna. We eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. People owe you. They sin against you. You forgive them. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Forgive us our sins and debts as we forgive the sins of the debtors. If you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, forgive you. So it is the manner that we pray in a broken, humble, and contrite spirit that God moves based upon the intent of the heart in holiness, a holy, sanctified, both spirit, soul, and body, all for God's glory. The only perfect will of God to do and to make sure that we're doing the will of God is simply to ask a question. Am I doing this for my glory or am I doing this for the glory of God? And if I am, I'm doing it in secret so no one will see except the Lord God Almighty for my heart to have him lifted up. That is the only true motive for anything we do is for God to get the glory due into his name. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And if you give forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. See the nature. It's forgiving. It's merciful. It's kind. It is God's love. But it it is definitely required obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Moreover, when you fast, he's covering every avenue here. Do not, as the hypocrites, have a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to man to fast. Oh, look at him. He's fasting. How long are you going, brother? <laughs> are you doing that for your own? Or people to say, there's a fasting man of God. Are you doing it to literally crucify your flesh with the affections and the lust? Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father, which is in secret, the Spirit of God. And thy Father, which saith in secret, shall reward you openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on the earth. Now, wait a minute. Lord, what do you mean? I've got to have a 401k. I've got a retirement plan. What's wrong with that? And I'm a good businessman. Uh, you know, my grounds brought forth plentifully. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. I'll expand my business. And that Jesus said, the man, the man that ground brought forth plentifully said, what shall I do? I'll pull down my barns and build greater. I'm a, I've got a prospering business. And he has said then, after he pulled down his barns, he expanded his business, said, Now so, eat, drink, and be merry, for thou hast much goods stored up, storing up for many years. Then it says, That night, thou fool, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Somebody said, What did he do wrong? So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. It's all the motive. What is your motive? What is the whole meaning of what you're doing? To give glory to you? To be the big preacher? To be the number one saint that gives more money than anybody else? glorying in that? Or for God to receive the glory? There's your motive. There's your heart. And then he says, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break, through and steal. But what am I supposed to do? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How can I do that? Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves did not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Luke takes it a step further and tells us exactly, Luke 12, sell that you have. Oh my, there's a commandment there that no one wants to listen to. Sell that you have and give alms, offerings. Provide for yourselves treasures in the heavens, where moth and rust doth not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your heart is, there treasure is. There's your heart also. Somebody said, "Have you done it?" Sure, we have. Our ministry here is sold out, folks. Ministers that have sold out their possessions and followed the Lord Jesus. Somebody said, that's awful radical. Well, no, it's not What the, it's exactly what the Lord said. His disciples did the same thing. They sold out. The church in the book of Acts sold out. All that had houses, lands, and possessions sold them and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they dealt to every man. They didn't take it upon themselves. They dealt to every man severally as he had need. That's the way the Lord does it. And when they sold out, they're literally saying that I won't treasure in heaven. I do not want to glorify myself. And my life is dedicated to God. There, he goes on and says why they're doing this. He says there, wherefore, if God, that Solomon all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these, Consider those lilies of the valley. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And he says, If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? Little faith. Why? Because we've, Think we have to take care of ourselves. And there's an old saying, if God can't get it through you, he won't get it to you. There's a ministry of giving and receiving. And if a man is rich toward God, then he'll be blessed of God. But if he's rich toward self, his soul will be required of it. That's hard for someone that's in the world to receive. Then he goes on and says, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles. The world seeks after this. For your heavenly Father knows that you have needed these things. Then he gives us a command. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The righteousness is that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we, might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now what through what? Through faith in obedience. Under righteousness. Romans 6. We have a a Christianity today that requires no obedience. It's just grace that doesn't reign through anything. Grace reigns through righteousness. And righteousness is through faith in obedience To the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we must obey the spirit of God. As many as are led of the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Take heed, therefore, no thought for tomorrow. For sufficient to the morrow is the evil thereof. Why? For, For tomorrow, the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Those are the things of the world. The things of the world are the things which we see, which are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We are to strive for that faith, faith, now faith, not tomorrow's faith, not yesterday's faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the things which are above, and that's where your treasure will have to be in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Then we come to the final chapter 7 of the Sermon on the Mount. And, of course, is judgment. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it will be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eyes? but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye. In other words, it's like a little toothpick, a little sliver of a toothpick in your brother's eye, and you've got a telephone pole in yours. Or how would I say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye. You're in worse shape than he's in. Thou hypocrite. A hypocrite is an actor. Stating that he is something that he's not. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Notice the eye. If thine eye be single, the whole body is full of faith. But if thine eye be darkness, how great is that darkness? The eye is the eye of faith, it is the eye of the spirit. If thine eye be single, the whole body is full of light, the God light. That's the eye, not eyes. I, it's I to the spirit. And that's what we, that I is the I to your spirit. That's your heart. And when it's single on the Lord Jesus Christ, the whole body's full of light, body, soul, and spirit. But if it's not, it's on darkness. And how great is that darkness? It has to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, "Thy hypocrite first cast the beam out of thine own eye, the thing that's blocking you receiving the word of God in your human spirit. And then you shall see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Clearly is working in the Lord Jesus Christ, as not pulling out a sword and cutting off Malchus's ear, as Peter did." But to use your sword uh, in love, in righteousness. Give not which is holy to the dogs. Neither cast your pearls before swine. Watch how you start throwing the word out to everyone out there. There's some people that hate and do not want the name Jesus or to have anything to do with the gospel. Unless they trample them under your feet, and turn again and rend you. They'll tear your spirit apart. Go by the leading of the Holy Ghost. God wants you to speak it, speak it. If he doesn't, then don't don't force what you think upon that person according to your faith, what you think it should do. Let the Lord lead. If he leads, it'll be done correctly. Ask and it should be given you. That's not if and, and but. Asking will be given you. Seeking you shall find. Knocking it shall be open to you. That is a present perfect tense. Keep on knocking, keep on asking, uh, keep on seeking. It's not a one time deal. You constantly pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For everyone that asketh, receive it. He that seeketh, finds. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, in other words, prone and a propensity to sin, and the flesh, the members of your flesh, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things, that's the things of faith, to them that ask him. You want faith? Seek God. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Love your neighbor yourself. And then first of all, you always a Lord of God is one Lord. You have to believe in one God, not a trinity, not a binary 2 not a oneness where Jesus, the man's on the right hand of God, but he's not God, but God's in him. A Jesus doctrine that he is the holy one of Israel. That is the first commandment of all. And love him with all your heart, soul, and might. Second like is likened to it, love your neighbors yourself. All this hang the law and the prophets. And enter in at the straight gate. Now, this is the way Jesus is rapping to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And he is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He says, enter ye in at the straight gate. That's not a suggestion, it's a command. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And some, no, many. He's telling us right there many there be which go in thereat. Oh my goodness. It's like going to one of your classes, especially in your college or university. And the instructor gets up and says, I want you to know 95% of you are going to fail. Are 80% of you going to fail? Are 60% of you going to fail? Well, that lets you know you must pay attention in that class because you have to take it to heart and diligently give yourself to know and pass the test or you fail. Now, the same as Jesus is literally doing the thing here, telling us spiritually that not all will be able to enter in, that most will not be able to enter in. Then he says, because straight as the gate and there is a way that leadeth to life, few there be that find it. Few? Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing. They're not going to come and say, I'm a false prophet. All of them are going to say they're real. Some of them are spiritualists. They'll prophesy things thing will come to pass maybe 80% of the time. But many times it'll fall on the ground. Why? Because they're seeking their own glory. They think they have to perform. But when it's the Holy Ghost, it's a Holy Ghost. And it will be as the Holy Ghost speaks. It says, here beware false prophets will come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their Fruits. Now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against such there is no law. Galatians 5.22, two, you'll know them by their fruits. What? Their works that accompany salvation will show forth their love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, against such there is no law. That is that they are right-standing and righteous before God, broken, humble, and contrite. You'll know them by that, not because they say they are. Look at the fruit. Don't. Try the spirits to see whether they are of God. John said there's many false prophets going out in the world. Therefore, try ye the spirits to see whether they are of God. Any spirit that confesses. That Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not has come or will come, but is come in the flesh as of God. Is come is present, imperfect tense. Present, still doing it. Imperfect, it's still happening. It hadn't been perfected yet. Jesus Christ is the Spirit. It's the Father of glory, the Word. It's the Holy Ghost. Christ still coming in the flesh. What's the flesh? The body of Christ. He's still coming in the flesh. Until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Then he's turning to Israel, and that nation would be birthed at once. Soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Isaiah 66 All of Israel shall be saved. National for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, the Father's sake, and the church, the spiritual Israel, the church, the body of Christ. When the Lord comes back the second time without sin and salvation, for the salvation of his saints. And he says, you shall know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Do they lie, cheat? Do they steal? Are of they a good report within and without the body of Christ? You'll know them by the fruits. Uh, There, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cut down, and cast into the fire. Somebody said, well, that's not hell. Well, if it's not, what is it? Cast into the fire? Or the worm dieth not, the fire's not quenched. Oh, neighbor. We're talking eternity, eternity here. Everything God does, He does it eternally forever. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Judge the tree by its fruits. Don't just take what somebody says, or somebody knocks that person. Then Do the fruit test. Don't just jump on the body of Christ because someone has ought against a brother. Many have erred and lost because calling that brother a literal fool that doesn't know God, and they're in danger of hellfire because of it. Because they didn't judge righteous judgment. They didn't judge according to the Holy Ghost. They judged by what somebody said. And it'll get you in a lot of trouble. With the Lord, where before by their fruits you shall know them. here is the kicker, here's the bottom line here's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. not everyone that saith in me, Now you can't call Jesus Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, the Father of glory, except by the Holy Ghost, but not everyone that saith in me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. It didn't say you didn't have the kingdom of God. You had the Holy Ghost. And how do we know that? Because he's going to go on and tell us that, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. We must do the will of God. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you, both are willing to do of his good pleasure, not our will, his will. Now we must do the will of God. If we miss that mark, we miss heaven he says many will say to me in that day lord have we not prophesied in your name we used we were using the gifts of the holy ghost we prophesied in your name then he says and in thy name we have cast out devils cast out devils you must be in the lord and In the body of Christ, newborn babes, little children, young men. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. The works that accompany salvation, we did them. Notice what Jesus says. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, not knew you part time, some of the time. I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God, not doing the will of God. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, not just hear them and say, well, I've got faith, and does them. Notice that says there, and doeth them, does them. It's not enough to be a hearer of the word, but a doer. I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. That rock is Christ in obedience to Christ, the leading of the Holy Ghost. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. The last day work, all persecution, great tribulation against the house of God and it will stand. Why? And it fell not. Because it was founded upon a rock, the true Christ. Everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not. They ain't heard them. They just didn't do them. They think, well, I'm saved. My pastor said so. I shook hands. I asked Jesus to come into my heart. But I didn't know I had to do the will of God, a specific will he had for my life. I didn't know I had to work out my own salvation, work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in me, both are willing to do. I didn't know that. Well, it's time to take heed and listen to the voice of the Son of God. Everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not, they didn't do them. There were no works. There wasn't any works that accompanied salvation. There was no faith with works the faith having a perfect work. They didn't do them. Shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Uh Uh-oh. The rain descended. There we have the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. But along with that rain will come opposition to the adversary, the Satan, the old serpent, the dragon, the scorpion that will come against the man-child to destroy the woman and her child as soon as it's born. There will always be persecution, tribulation, work with patience, patience at work, experience, and experience at work of hope. More hope making not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart. How? By the Holy Ghost. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Why? Well, they heard what God wanted. They just didn't do it. Well, my pastor said I was saved, sanctified, and I I was fine. Your pastor can't save you. We're going to all be at the judgment seat of Jesus to receive what we have done. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the voice of the Lord God, the Constitution, the bylaws of the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of God. If you have Christ in you, the hope of glory right now, speaking in other tongues and uh, Uh, you've been born again of the water and the spirit, you've repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're in that body of Christ. You're calling him Lord, Lord. If you call him the Father, he's the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, You're little children. But the little children will be cast out. We've got to be full grown. This is holiness. This is be holy even as uh, your Father in heaven is holy, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings that people were astonished at his doctrine and are still astonished today. Not really thinking that Jesus means this. Surely he didn't mean that. God's love. No one will be cast out. No one will be literally, depart from me, you work iniquity. I never knew you. Jesus is love. He's not going to turn anyone away. No, he won't. But his holiness his divine nature will God's God's holy. Only those that are holy will be able to enter in. And that's only through obtained by obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Don't let anybody tell you that we, as a body of Christ, do not have to seek God for his will and do it, for us to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's the gate narrow the way the lead of life you there be the finder. He that is a wise man, he heard the sayings of Jesus and did them. The works were there. We have a, a gospel today the saying there's no works. You don't have to obey. You're just there. That's a lie. Well, if the Holy Ghost is bore witness with your spirit, we'd love to hear from you. The Lord's bringing his body together into one now for the work of the ministry. And uh, write to me, Dennis Beard. Post office box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can send us questions or messages on our websites sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, or Dennisbeard.org. Thank you for your proper support and those of your generous offerings by which we're able to keep the podcast on the air coming to you. We pray over all offerings, God to multiply it back, it's 30, 60, 100 fold back to you, the grace to you, the giver, that you'll be able forever good work and multiply your seed sown. There, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, behold, the real Jesus.